my heart can sing when I pause to remember a heartache here is but a stepping stone along a trail that's winding always upward this troubled world is not my final home but unto then my heart will go on singing unto then with joy I'll carry on afternoon and welcome to all those who have tuned in with us at station KKVV where you are listening to Sabbath service at Abundant Life Seventh Day Adventist Church. You may log on to our website at www.abundantlifelv.org or you may visit us at 1720 North J Street, Las Vegas, Nevada 89106. Our church's contact number is 702-647-2627. We are pastored by Russell Lewars, and our first elder is Clarence Brown. 
Our speaker today is none other than our very own Pastor Russell Lewars, and he will be concluding his dynamic series on spiritual gifts. Immediately following the musical selection, the next voice you will hear is that of Pastor Russell Lewars. Hear ye die for us, now we can live forever. God sent his son, you know they called him Jesus. And he died to buy back my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives, because he Just because he lives, all my fears, they're gone. And because, because I know, yes, I know who holds my future. That makes life so much worth the living just because my God lives, how sweet to hold a newborn baby and a feel of the pride and a joy it gives. But greater steel that calmed assurance this child can face uncertain days because my God lives just because God lives I can face to All of my fears, they are gone Because, because I know, I know Who holds my future That makes life so much worth The living just, just because my God lives and this is the wonderful part. And in one day, I'll cross that river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives away to victory, I'll see the lights of glory, and I'll know, I'll know he reigns, just because
just because God lives, all my fears, they are gone, and because I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone and there's a lot of fear when your life is not going according to plan there's <laughs> a, a lot of fear when your retirement is not what you had anticipated yeah Fear, but because he lives. Yeah. <laughs> Only some people understand this. But that's all right. That's all right. Some of us can get excited about that because he lives. Well, I want us to stand and, yeah, show some respect for the word and turn your Bibles to Acts. What book did I say? Yes. Yeah, I like that. I like that energy you have. Acts, Acts. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. What chapter did I say? All right. Some people got it already. They look at me. Okay, Pastor, what's next? Yeah. Good, good, good. All right. So just, just look at the word, now read in your hearing, yeah? Uh, starting with verse 6. And uh, I like how the Amplified Bible puts it. So when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will reestablish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? Alexis, I want you to look in the Word. Look in the Word. I want you to look in the Word. Don't look at me now. Look in the Word. Isaiah, look at your friend's Word. Yes, yes. Don't look at me. Look at the Word. I want you to feast on the Word, Didi. Yes. Verse 7. He said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with and know what time brings, the things and events of time and their definite periods, or fixed years and seasons, their critical niche in time, which the Father has appointed, fixed and reserved by his own choice and authority and personal power. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Verse 9. And when he had said this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up, and a cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. 10. And while they were gazing intently into heaven as he went, behold, Two men dressed in white robes suddenly stood beside them, who said, Men of Galilee, Ashley, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, Brother Smith, same one we sang about, 
this same Jesus who was caught away and lifted up from among you into heaven will return in just the same way in which you saw him go into heaven. Can you say amen? amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Amen. Please be seated. So, I'm about to bring uh, our series to a close. We have been there, yeah, this series on spiritual gifts. I'll bring it to a climax today, and hopefully, you get what I'm trying to say all these couple of weeks that we've been talking about it, Darren. Um, spiritual gifts. Uh, we learned, Darren, that, that, that all of us have spiritual gifts. Um, we learned uh, that you have time. We learned, Brother Cogs, that we have influence. And we also learned, Sister LaFawn, that we have opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. We have what? We have time. We have influence. We have, you know, I learned some things from Sister Stevenson. You know, you see, if the students don't respond, that means they're not paying attention. <laughs> Kindergarten. So we have time, we have influence, we have opportunity, and we said, Rantu, that we must use our spiritual gifts or lose them. We also said that, 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 that it's not only important to say we have them, to say, Jory, just look at me at how great I can sing. Uh, look at me at how much I'm doing for the church. Uh, but we also learned that, that the gifts are for the building up of the church. For the building up of the church. And so we come now to this last installment on this. And this installment uh, lets us know that we don't have any alternative to using our spiritual gifts. There are no alternatives. No alternatives. We have to use our spiritual gifts. And I'm excited to let you know that some of you are already using your spiritual gifts. Some of you are on your way to using your spiritual gifts. Several of you have said to me, Pastor, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to start this series here. I'm going to do this Bible study here. I'm going to do more because I can do more. And I've been saying, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So today I've entitled the message because, Elder Odie, not all of us, not most of us are using our spiritual gifts. Thank you, Dr. Ellis, for playing. It makes it so much nicer. Amen. Not all of us are using our spiritual gifts. And so the sermon title today is Don't Just Stand There. Do something. Jasmine is looking at me and saying, why didn't you say don't just sit there and do something? Well, the text that I was working with demonstrates that, that the disciples were just standing there. And so the first thing I want to do is I want to start out with a piece of, of, of a, a paragraph from Acts of the Apostles, page 9. And this lets us know, Brother Larry, the purpose of abundant life sitting here on the corner of 1720 North J Street, on the corner of Doolittle and J. Quote, it says, The church 
is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. It was organized for service. Notice it never said fellowship. <laughs> it was organized for service, and its mission is to carry the gospel to the world. From the beginning, it has been God's plan that through his church shall be reflected to the world his fullness and his sufficiency. The members, it says, of the church, these are special kind of members, not just with their names on the church book. Members of the church, disciples, those whom he has called out of darkness into his marvelous light are to show forth his glory. <laughs> to show forth his glory. His glory. But you know, sitting in church don't make you a member just our disciple just as our sitting in a chicken house makes you a chicken. Oh, you can quack, you know, quack, 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 quack. You can do the rooster, the chicken scratch, but that don't make your Rhode Island red, Elder Perkins. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That don't make you a Rhode Island Red. I was trying to think of some more names, but I don't have any more. I know. Uh, but I know the road. You remember we, yeah. Yeah, she has chickens. She has chickens in Las Vegas from the south, and she brought a little of the south with her. Uh, but we know that just sitting in the chicken house does not make us chickens. Just coming every Sabbath and sitting here don't make you a disciple. <laughs> so Jesus is about to leave and, and, and had already given them assurance and instruction. Uh, but the uppermost thought in their minds was the reestablishment of the kingdom and, and Israel. Payday was on their minds. What am I going to get? and they haven't worked yet. You know, some people, they like to get paid, but they don't like to work. No, not everybody going through that right now. There are some people who want to work, but don't have a job, and they're looking. But the disciples were fascinated Elder Fluentes, fascinated <laughs> with the moment that they missed its significance. And so they watched and watched and they just stood there until Jesus went out of sight, staring. And God had to send two angels, two angels to, to, to kickstart the early church to get them going, you see. And the angels said to the disciples, don't just stand there, it's time to work. Don't just stand there, do something. Jesus told them something else. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. What is that power? Well, power given by the Holy Spirit. Power to do what? Well, power to employ the use of your spiritual gifts. And you get, we're going to meet after church. Right? We're ready for you. You get, yeah? ready after church. Using our spiritual gifts. Adventists believe that there are two outpourings, two major outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Turn your Bibles over to Deuteronomy 11 verse 14. Come on. Uh, look at the word. Deuteronomy 11 verse 14. Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. 
It's in the Old Testament. Still hear you turning. Deuteronomy 11, verse 14. I will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your oil. Pentecost was first. Pentecost was poured out to meet the needs of his church throughout time. And the early rain means and involves the daily hourly work of the Spirit in our lives, bringing transformation and victory over sin, covering us with His righteousness, with His righteousness. And because some people are wondering who has the Holy Spirit this morning, this, this moment, uh, Christ Subject Lessons gives us an idea of who has the Holy Spirit. Christ Subject Lessons, page 419, says, The indwelling of the Spirit will be shown by the outflowing of heavenly love. And when the lovely character of Christ is fully reproduced in his people, the latter rain will be poured out as a means of calling the attention of the world to the love of God. Here's the part now. Evidenced in his church. There can be no evidence of God's love if the spiritual gifts are on the shelf. If the spiritual gifts are in storage down by the U-Haul under climate control conditions. And when you carefully look at the disciples, you find some of the reasons they were gazing. Just looking out, you know. Gazing. Reasons, 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 reasons. Reasons why they stood there. And you also discover how patient and merciful God is with us. God wanted you when you were a teenager. But you were running around doing your own thing. And God was patient anyhow. God wanted you when you were in preschool. God wanted you when you were a young adult. And the hormones said, let's go club and get our groove on. But God is merciful and he's patient. Hallelujah. He's merciful and he's patient. But look at the disciples. Acts of the Apostles, when I was researching this, I looked and I found some beautiful things. And you're going to help me preach today. Acts of the Apostles, pages 36 and 37, shows us the disciples as they waited for the fulfillment of the promise. What were they doing to receive power? What were they doing? Well, here, here's, here's the first thing. What did they do? Oh, you're going to talk. You're going to talk today. They did what? They did what? They called to that Christ read it. They did what? They did what? Reproached themselves for their misapprehension of the Savior, like a procession, scene after scene, of his wonderful life passed before them. But not only that, there's more. They did what? They? Upon his pure holy life, they felt that no toil would be too hard, no sacrifice too great, if only they could bear witness in their lives to the they sorrowed sincerely for having ever grieved him by a word or an act of. But they were also, they were comforted. And even though they were comforted, they were also determined that as far as possible, they would what? And then I found out something else. They with 
for a fitness to meet men and in their daily intercourse to speak words that would lead sinners to Christ. See, that's why they were just standing there. They haven't done all these things yet. They weren't praying. They weren't meditating. They weren't humbled, tailing the word. What about us? You want power? Are you praying? Are you meditating? Are you humble? I know one thing, we are very comfortable and fed. We comfortable and we are fed. We have food. We both have spiritual food and we got physical food. No wonder one in four of our youth is obese. We comfortable. We got food. Very comfortable. We blessed. I hear people saying they suffering, man. Suffering. Oh, Pastor, I'm, I'm suffering. I'm suffering. Did you eat this morning? Yes, Pastor. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Yes, Pastor. Then, then you're suffering? <laughs> See, we don't realize that when we don't use our spiritual gifts, that lethargy steps in the church and the devil is busy among us. When we are caught gazing, our families tear apart. Our marriages fall apart. Our young people leave the church when we are gazing. We lose all purpose of being when we are gazing, not using our spiritual gifts. We're just standing there. But why? Why is this so? Why? Why is this so? Well, I'll tell you why. I have, I, have a little, I have a little quote here from Evangelism, page 272. Let's us know why we, we, just a few of us, using our spiritual gifts and why we're just looking at each other and, and a few are doing all the work and, and we're just enjoying the AC. And why only 40% return their tithes and are faithfully returning their stewardship? Well, I'll tell you why. Page, evangelism, page 272. Conformity to the world is a sin, which is sapping the spirituality of our people and seriously interfering with our youthful, usefulness. It is idle to proclaim the warning message to the world while we deny it in the transactions of daily life. It is not how much we know, but what are we doing. It's not how much we know about what the Vatican is doing, about Daniel and Revelation, all that is good. It's not how much Bible studies you have given. The Sunday law is going to come, whether or not you like it. There's nothing you can do to stop the Sunday law from coming upon us. Hearing the word, having a knowledge of the word is still not enough. It is in the transactions of the daily life. What are we doing with this wealth of information, Tasha, that we have with us? What are we doing with it? We dust it off. We look at it. We have the health message, but we're still dying from diabetes and everything else. And some of which we cause on ourselves. Not all of it. So what are we doing with this? But, but, but that something happened 
after they did the soul searching abundant life, deep heart searching was done to the obedience of the word of the Savior. The disciples offered their supplications for the gift. Something happened. Jesus added his intercession. He claimed the gift of the Spirit that he, he, he might pour it out on his people. And then something happened in the midst. Look at this, Elder Sanford. The first thing that happened when they did all the deep heart service, really church, they did what? They came putting away all, all desire for the in Christian wee. Then something else happened. They drew nearer and nearer to God. Then something else, something else happened. They realized what a privilege had been theirs in being permitted to associate so closely with Christ. Sadness filled their hearts as they thought of how many times they had grieved him by their slowness of comprehension, their failure to understand the lessons that for their good he was trying to teach them. There's more, there's more, don't worry, there's more. They felt their spiritual need. They cried to the Lord for the holy unction power that was to fit them for the work of soul saving. They did not ask for a blessing for themselves merely. They were weighted with the burden of the salvation of souls. They realized that the gospel was to be carried to the world. Then they claimed the power that Christ had promised. When they did the necessary soul searching, something happened to them, Naomi. Something came upon them. Bible says there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Then cloven tongues of fire, Eva started resting upon their heads. Can you see it? I don't want to enjoy this by myself. I want you to look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Look, look, look at the word there. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Bible says, Bible says, Bible says, are you there? Come on. I want you to see this. When... The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with what? Mm-hmm. We could use someone accord. And suddenly there came a sound from where? As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they can have church. Now they can go out and do something for Jesus. See, the reason we don't have as many healings the reason we don't have as many miracles in our church, the reason we don't have experience, we, have, we haven't experienced numerical and spiritual growth in our body, uh, is simply because we are not using our spiritual gifts as they use them. Healthy churches exercise their spiritual gifts. Look at the book of Acts and you see people Filled with the Spirit, and then they go. Filled with the Spirit, then they go. Using their spiritual gifts. Acts 4 verse 8. Uneducated Peter, a little fisherman, filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up and preaches the word. And heals a lame man at the temple. Acts 7 59. Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit. Breathes his last words as a prayer of love for those who stoned him. Acts 8, 26 to 40. Philip filled with the Holy Spirit. 
hitches a ride with an Ethiopian man, gives him Bible study. And even after that, right after Bible study, the man says, no, 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 this is too sweet for me. Here's some water right here. I can't wait to go back home. Deal with things right now. Baptize me, Philip. So they stepped down in the water and the man was baptized. So I'm figuring abundant life, the reason we don't use our spiritual gifts as we should, is, 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 is it that we don't have the Holy Ghost power with us? And, and, and recently I learned that some people are afraid of the subject of spiritual gifts. Uh, um, they say that uh, if you talk about spiritual gifts, then some people are going to become tribal and exclusive and just do, do what they have the strength and courage to do. So I just wanted to make sure we don't have any, any of that concern here at Abundant Life. I, I hope we don't have that challenge. I hope we're not confused that way because all our spiritual gifts are given to us so we can witness. To share our faith, share our beliefs, testify of what God has done for our life. Ephesians 4, 14 to 15, chapter 4, 14 to 15, tells us why we need to exercise our spiritual gifts. The Bible says, so then we may no longer be children. You've been in the church 15 years and you're still acting like you're a child, like you're a neophyte, like you don't know anything about church and what is expected of you as a disciple. So, so Paul says, no longer be children. Tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine. The prey of the cunning and the cleverness of unscrupulous men. Gamblers engaging in a shifting form of trickery in inventing errors to mislead. We must use our spiritual gifts so that we can build up the body. And so that's why while we were in here praising God, there were some people outside putting leaflets on our cars. So they were working out there while we worshiping in here. So that when you go outside and you read these things, uh, 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 you get confused. But Paul says, verse 15, oh, I like this. I like this. Sister Hudson, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. You can be quiet, but this is good stuff. Paul says, verse 15, rather, rather let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolding in love. Let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head, even Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Use your spiritual gifts because Jesus paid you to do it. Oh, I know you didn't know that. I know you didn't know that. Jesus paid you to work and to serve and to use your spiritual gifts. And let me tell you how I found out. Yeah. Christ Subject Lessons 331. Quote, of every Christian, the Lord requires growth. Of every Christian, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Of every Christian, the Lord requires growth in efficiency and capability in every line. Every line. Doesn't stop, doesn't stop. Christ has paid us our wages. Even his own blood and suffering to secure our willing, willing, willing service. In other words, if you're not willing, don't do it. 
Don't do it. God don't want no forced labor. Uh, no, no, no. God wants disciples. He wants, he wants what? He wants disciples in abundant life. Not just members with their names on the roll, Brother Turner. People who are going to work. You know, they have found that in North America, the growth of the church is like, eh. Eh. But North America has all the money. Yeah. Go to GC, General Conference Session. North America got all the funds. They got the dough. But growth, using our spiritual gifts, is this. Now, when you go to some, you call them third world country. Yeah, that's what you call them. You find that the growth of the churches in places like Africa and the Caribbean, that the growth is bursting through the roof. Oh, oh. So is it that because because we have all the goods, the resources, we have everything that we don't need to do anything. But I'm here to let you know that your money is not going to witness. Money won't grow legs and go knock on the door. Hi, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Money won't grow legs and go do Bible studies. Money can't jump up and say, I love you. So we're going to have some challenges. We're going to have some challenges. We're going to have some challenges. We're going to face some challenges, church. Elder Matt David, nobody said giving Bible studies is easy. Sister Bray. Nobody said giving Bible studies is easy. Oh, no. Especially when you're visiting for months. And they're hiding from you. <laughs> Nobody said it would be easy driving to the house. And then, and, then, and then when you have done the lesson and you know enough to say yes to Jesus, you're playing around. Oh, I'm not ready. You know, I, I'm not ready. I, I've been thinking I need some more lessons. I, I need some more time. You know? Not easy when you realize the individual that you're sharing with only enjoys your company. Only likes the time. It's not fun to find out that the person you're sharing with has ulterior motives looking to see what they can get. You're going to face some challenges using your spiritual gifts. Uh, but you know, I know you, you may even find some people who criticize you and talk about you using your spiritual gifts. And you know, I got to tell you before I'm done, because I'm wrapping up now. I got to tell you before I sit down, some of the worst people to deal with are sitting beside you. Yeah, yeah I said it. Few amens, but that's all right. <laughs> elders, say amen. Say amen, elders. All right. Some of the worst individuals the people who are most discouraging, who will tell you, you want to get some people upset, Brother Gordon, just tell them after church we're going to go out. Who Pastor Lee was talking about? Well, I should have known about this long time. I got my food. I got everything. on. I got plants. This is all I'm doing. I got stuff to do. And he's talking about going out in the sun. And it's hot. I got my heels on. I'm not prepared. So many things to say. And you, they, they lose themselves. 
Who's their Christianity? <laughs> Take off the guard, put it one side. Tell people that they should go witness, like Christians are supposed to do. Be disciples. And yet we say we want power. You tell people come out for prayer. They want power, but they don't want to pray. What, what Lord, help us? They want prayer, but they don't want to pray. They want power, but they don't want to pray. So how are you going to get power if you're not talking to God? You want your marriages to be saved, and you're not praying. You want your kids to be saved, and you're not praying. You want your church to grow numerically and spiritually, but you're not praying. Word says, 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, I'm almost done. It's Sabbath, so you're not in any hurry to leave, are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not in no hurry to go because, yeah, yeah. This, this is the day the Lord has blessed. Let us rejoice. Be glad in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, thank God I don't have the gift of reading minds. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. You live in 15 years as an Adventist, and you don't tell nobody about Jesus. Something wrong. Something is wrong. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. Yea, and all that will live godly. If you're living godly in Christ Jesus. Jalisa. If you're living godly, ooh, if you're living godly <laughs> in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. So don't tell me, don't tell me that you got to work on Sabbath because you're going to lose your job. Don't tell me you got to break the Sabbath because you got to pay your mortgage. You tell Jesus that. Don't tell me. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that. Because some of us are going to be surprised. Play me something, Elder. Some of, the, some of us are going to be surprised that Jesus is not as excited about the reasons we make, the logic we give for breaking his commandments. We're going to be surprised, some of us. Stephen, Deacon Stephen, any deacons up in here? Say amen. Deacons, where you at? Deacons, you with me? Say amen. Yeah, deacons, you know, when you're living godly life, your life may, may be on the line. Deacons, Deacon Stephen was a preacher. He had the gift of preaching. So homeboy, Holy Spirit came down upon him, Miko. Went out in the street and preached, and Jesus came and baptized, and Jesus died. And they said, come here, you, 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 Stephen, yeah, come here. Deacon Stephen said, oh, sure. Don't do this. Don't do this, Deacon Stephen. Deacon Stephen said, ah, I can't help it. I can't, I, I can't help but talk about what Jesus has done for me. I just would not be myself. I would go crazy. I just would explode if I don't talk about the wonder-working power of Jesus. And so they said, well, if you can't stop doing it, we'll have to silence you. Amen. So some, some, some commandment-keeping, Sabbath-keeping people who were faithful to the synagogue, 
went out and stoned him to death. But I want to let you know, I got some hope too. You know, I, I got some hope. I have some hope for us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens. It does not matter what happens around you, in you, in your relationships, in your marriages, in your home, on your job. It does not matter because you've got power. Jesus is not a liar. And he's not crazy. <laughs> Jesus says, I'm giving you power. And I like what Christ's object lessons, last one here. Page 3.3, it says, as the will of man cooperates with the will of God. Did you hear that? As the will of man cooperates with the will of God, Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, it becomes omnipotent. You didn't get that. When you go home and you chew that and ruminate on that, you will get that. As your will unites with God's will, the will becomes omnipotent. <laughs> when you go home. All his biddings, she says, are enablings. Has there been any cooperating this week? Have you been cooperating with the Holy Spirit this week? We can't go on in another week just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. If you're texting, text somebody about Jesus. If you're on Twitter, Twitter somebody about Jesus. If you're on Facebook, Facebook FB them about Jesus. Wherever you are, you can use your spiritual gift to touch somebody's life. And that's what being a disciple is all about. Stand with me. Stand, stand. Yeah, I spent some time today. Hope it made the difference. Since I'm taking a break from you, I thought I would just give you all I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bow your heads. I want you to pray that you may receive this special anointing from God just pray right now so that you can use your spiritual gifts Brianna use your spiritual gifts bow your heads and let's pray let's pray let's pray let's pray let's pray it's prayer time. You know, I read this week, you know, I like Ellen White. You know that. And I've been reading this week that the reason we, we joke about church and we play church and you know all of them things is because we're so conformed to the world that we're so wrapped up and tied up in the world that we can't even discern right from wrong anymore. You could be in church in the presence of God and your mind is not here. And I was reading that and I'm a, listen, you think I'm just preaching to you all up in here by myself? The message already did something, Mateo, for me. I preach it to myself, and sometimes my wife, I preach to her too first. And she might say, don't, don't, no, don't say that part. Don't say that part. I said, this is what the Lord told me. This is what the Lord inspired me to do. So right now, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want you to ask God, don't look at me, bow your heads, close your eyes, and ask God 
First of all, ask for forgiveness, man, for your unbelief. 